raise hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider-Man. So all tick-tock keep ticking. Well, I get to flipping off the shit I'm kicking. The Lone Ranger, Co-Red, Danger. And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast, season six. I'm going to call this episode 46, but I'm kind of making that up. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. Tonight is Tuesday, September the 8th, 2020, coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hi, Joe. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you, <clears throat> as usual, from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, my hot take tonight, it's not really a hot take, actually, but just wanted to let everyone know that today is the first day of sober September for me. I usually don't drink from Labor Day until the end of September every year, um, <clears throat> and it's kind of always been kicked off by the West India Day Parade, which is held on Labor Day which I've gone to every day for the past, every year for the past 12 years, where I go and spend the entire day like drinking street liquor and just partying like crazy at this huge like carnival festival. And that kind of kicks me into sober gear because I end up being hungover for about a week anyway. Um, But anyway, just due to coronavirus, obviously that didn't happen this year. So first time in kind of an end of tradition. so it's, it's pretty sad. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. But that's a hot take? No, that was that, it was just kind of a comment. Just something I wanted to throw out there. <laughs> so real, real downer to start it. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the <laughs> thing. It's like it's sober September. So this podcast is about to get like way shittier. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to be like very fact-based. I'm going to like enunciate my words the entire month. It's going to be fucked up. You know what? I was just thinking I should probably go grab another beer. Maybe I should have a shot while I do it. <laughs> Definitely. You'll have to carry it. Hold yeah, on. Though. Exactly. You. You're, you're uh, drinking for two now. <laughs> uh, all the returning guests uh, back for more is Thomas. Thomas, how's it going? It's fine. Sorry, just barging past my introductions. I'm here. <laughs> Uh, I'm Thomas. I'm coming from right at you. It's hot from the sweet fire encrusted West Coast. Uh, my hot take is that if the Yankees are about to, well, they're one out away from losing their fifth in a row and sixth of the last seven against Baltimore and Toronto, if the Yankees miss the playoffs and the Mariners, who are suddenly hot and have won six in a row, I believe, going into tonight's action, qualify for the playoffs, I think the MLB will probably cancel the whole thing and call it (laughs) Hey, man, there's a real possibility that we have a playoffs without the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Astros. There's a certainty that we're going to have a playoffs without the Red Sox. I can say that right now. That's a a lock. If it's not official, it should be. <laughs> yeah, those uh, playoff odds are pretty low. But I, okay, so wait, so wait here. But actually, now I'm thinking about it. My real hot take is that I think I might be going back on whether the season matters or not. Because if the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Astros all fail for the playoffs, I think I might. This might be my favorite baseball season in the last 20 years. So. Uh, <laughs> 
Right, but then the conspiracy is they only expanded the playoffs to give the Yankees a chance. Because if we got a five-team playoff, the Yankees are, like, way out of it. Or the conspiracy theory is that the, like, top-tier teams knew about the pandemic ahead of time and were able to, like, tank this season because they knew it was not going to matter. Yeah, the Astros were just, like, eating sandwiches and putting it in trash cans all summer, and then they just came out of the gate, like, total garbage. But they were like, we'll still make the playoffs. It'll be fun. Because they created the coronavirus. They created the coronavirus. This is this is official dump on the ump uh, opposition. Houston Astros created the coronavirus so that their players would not get thrown at this year uh, during the 2020 MLB season. Wait, have they come to Seattle yet? No, I'm going yeah. in September. Mid September, they have a they have a weekend date here. My mom's in town. I've already talked about it. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm going with a I'm going with a bullhorn, and I'm going to let them know what I think about them. Fuck yeah, awesome. Um, like I said, my name's Joel. I'm coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My hot take is more of an update from last week's episode where we talked about Steve Cohen and making his bid to buy the New York Mets. J Lo and A Rod have not given up yet. This is per the New York Post which I get all my news and <clears throat> puns from the New York Post, uh, J-Lo and A-Rod last-ditch pitch to save the Mets put the bid under her control. As part of the pitch, the duo said Lopez, not A-Rod, would be the control person for the team, which would make her the first Latina woman to be in such a position in MLB. And I'm just, my hot take on this is, we all kind of knew that, right? We all right. knew that J-Lo was the brains behind this operation the entire time. Right. Right. I mean, she, she manages him. Like, he's just kind of like her puppet, kind of. Right. I, I mean, it says, in the, it says in the press release that he's handling baseball operations. And she's handling more of the PR and the marketing and, and like, the sort of other departments was my takeaway from it. See, I, I yeah, I, I see that. My whole, she's the businesswoman. Well, sure, and I don't think anybody's been questioning that, but I, she's also, like, there's also sort of a pretty clear delineation between A-Rod's handling the baseball activities, you know, which is whatever. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole crisis of gender norm garbage going on in that. Like, I mean, not garbage, but whatever. It's like, they're, they're playing, they're, they're playing to, to st- I, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's fine. They, they should do whatever they want to do. They're rich. They can do whatever they want to do. Yeah, but wouldn't it be hilarious if they were the Mets owners and they just ran that organization even further into the ground? I mean, I guess I, you know, I, I listen, I don't have any dis, I don't, I don't dislike the Mets in any way. And I, I, I kind of root for the Mets just because I hate the Yankees so much. You know right. I mean? Like, right. and it's no, you know, it's like, okay, well, if there's a New York team, I'll root for the Mets. So I kind of hope the best for them. And from the sound of what, I mean, I'm listening to the episode last week, the guy, the, the picture you're painting of the, 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 the other group, the main guy that's trying to. Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. He's a crook. Yeah. Or crook. And he also. But... Oh, did you lose me? For a yeah, second. we lost you there for a sec. Right, um, 
Cohen, like, Cohen is the right choice for the Mets, I think. Because he's got money. Like, A-Rod and J-Lo, if they buy the Mets, they no longer have any money to spend on the Mets. Like, Cohen can buy uh, the Mets, and then he can spend an equal amount of money on making the Mets a winning team. Right, but will he? I mean, he might. The point is, is that the point is, is that A Rod and J Lo, if they buy the team, there is no option for that. I mean, if J Lo and A Rod buy the Mets, they're not going to have any trouble finding people with money that they will loan. You know what I mean? Like they're they're they'll they'll be able to come up with the money to get people paid. I don't think there's an. I think that the question is more whether they are willing to make an investment, and I would be. Matt, I would, you know, I would imagine that a more business, pers- a more business-minded person, rather than J Lo and A Rod, who, you know, what, whatever, think of them, whatever you may, as people. They, I would imagine that buying the Mets would be more of a labor of love than Cohn buying it. You know what I mean? Like he might be buying, but I also don't know his history as far as baseball is concerned. He's a Mets fan. A big one, a legit big one. A legit Mets fan. Also, Chris Christie fan. <laughs> okay, so but he's also a hedge fund manager, which means he makes money when things fail. So uh, yeah. the big that's, question is: the big question is, so, do but we there's think, a, yeah, that's what you're talking about before too, right? Well, the big question is: do we think Cohen is buying the Mets to put money into them to make them good and competitive, or is he buying the Mets to strip them down to their bare bones and still see the value go up? 200% in five years and then sell them to like Bernie Madoff or something like that. Well, I mean, here's the thing about Cohen is he had an agreement to buy the Mets before and he backed out because the Wilpons were trying, like, we're going to exercise a thing in their contract so that they would maintain control of the team for five more years as far as operations go. So, right. like, he wants to be in control of operations. Like, that's what he wants. So, in theory, you would think that he would try to put together a team that can win. Right. Because, you know, the wheel pond, like, if he wanted to just drive the team into the ground, then I imagine he would try to leave the wheel ponds in charge of operations, right? That's what you would do. I mean, if I you think you wanted that, to ruin a team. I think that, I think the ruining a team narrative is a fun one to run with, but I don't think a lot of investors get into it. You know what I mean? I don't think that there's a lot of like Cruella de Bills running the Indians into the ground. I think it's mostly people that are trying to make money. And I don't know if tanking a baseball team is necessarily the best way to do that. But, no, well, that's not true, though, because that's the whole, that's the Jim Crane model of winning World Series is you buy a baseball team, you crap, you like, trash them for three years you sue the guy who sold you the team and then you get like the first round draft pick you know five years in a row and then seven years later you win the world series by cheating by and then you cheat also you definitely cheat i mean until until the cheating bit that's like the the dream baseball scenario i mean that's what i'm living right now that's what i hang my hat on as far as a baseball fan is like being shitty getting good draft picks developing players and all of a sudden having a good nucleus of young players is is kind of a model for how people make baseball teams but it's like yeah he's still a shitbag i'm not i don't want to argue i'm not trying to argue in favor of jim crane but i'm also saying like i guess i'm just saying that I love the narrative of taking a baseball team, but I just don't think it happens very much. So I don't think either of them are really in the, it, 
going to put themselves in a position either financially or they're not going to put themselves in a position to try and do shitty. Like they want to do good and they're all idiots and assholes with a lot of money. So fuck them anyway. But you know, I mean, at least I, I don't think any of them are going to try and tank the team or anything like that. Red Sox are tanking right now. Like there is literally no other way to put it. They are tanking hard. Do you think that, but do you think that that's like a manifestation of the talent that's put on the field? Or do you think that's a, like a shared culture and something that's going on within the organization? That's like the mandate from the top is to like get rid of your payroll and like rebuild for long term. That's like their stated goal. But that's a, but that's like, a, but, and that's a public goal. So that's not really, but that's, a, and that's a popularly accepted way of building a baseball team. Which is ultimately what? Not in Boston, it's not. <laughs> well, you got y'all. I mean, it's very unpopular. I can tell you that right now. But like you guys get a shitload of, of shitty fans probably over the last decade of you know twenty years of dominance. You know what I mean? Like you, as you, you for a long time, you guys were like the greatest lovable loser franchise, and now you're you know parading around with the Yankees as far as assholes are concerned. And like so, now you probably well, maybe. You probably took on a lot of fucking fair weather idiots. You know what I mean? I'm a Giants fan. I, I I see what happened to the Giants. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of dipshits going on, and especially when a team starts winning, it gets. I mean, that's why the Yankees are, you know, contrary to anything good about baseball, is because they're surrounded by fucking assholes that are win all the time. You know, it's like nobody likes that. That's not baseball. It's stupid. The Red Sox sold out Fenway Park. The Red Sox sold out Fenway Park like game in and game out as a losing team, though. It's oh no, not, that's what the Red Sox, Red Sox fans aren't fair fans by like you no know. that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that as as winners you have to accept that a large there's gonna be a bandwagon you know like when the Red Sox sure. sucked and didn't win a World Series for a thousand years like nobody was jumping on the bandwagon but I thought they were a cool ball club I was like oh that's a fun loving shitty ball club that plays in a weird ballpark and now they've won fucking 100 championships and David Ortiz is you know a fucking hero in Boston I'm like, what the hell happened? Okay, I guess they're cool now, but at least they're not the Yankees, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, definitely, like, success will get you fair-weather fans, but the, the thing is, is that, like, Boston sports fans, like, that the New England sports culture is fucking die hard. You know what I mean? Like, really intense. And yeah. there's been a ton of success in the past whatever 15 20 years but there was not much before that you know for like my entire life right like fenway is still packed the garden's still packed like people are fucking into it right but i guess i'm saying as as savvy baseball fans as people that understand that losing is a part of it and if you're not the yankees then the that then i think red sox fans are understanding that this is a, a rebuild this is what's happening it's what's going on and it's okay. It's, I mean, the product, as we said before, is like borderline unacceptable, but it's still, you know, it's just shitty baseball and it's only going to last for two years before they build another great, you know what I mean? And their people are still going to go to the Fenway Park. It's still an amazing culture, you know, and hopefully some of the, so you lose some of your fair weather assholes, you know what I mean? Because a couple yeah, of, maybe. a couple of, you know, Johnny come lately's all of a sudden are like, well, maybe the fucking socks aren't the best. Let's go root for the Pats, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I think that's not a bad thing. What was the point of all this? <laughs> <laughs> should the Mets 
is Steve Cohen going to tank the Mets, and is that a good idea or a bad idea? Oh, good. This is actually strangely on topic. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is a productive conversation. I was just going to let it go. Keep going. Oh, shit, okay. Uh, Although, Sam, I do have, I got to take a quick swipe at Boston sports fans since we're on the topic. Yeah, because there's like so much racism flying around there. Well, we were talking, we could do a quick and tidy racism episode, but (laughs) (laughs) but it's today is Tuesday, September the 8th. The Boston Red Sox are in last place in the AL East. Tom Brady is at training camp for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How glad is Eli right now that the Celtics look like they're going to beat the Toronto Raptors? Because oh, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, what are you guys rooting for right now? Uh, the Patriots could be good this year. Cam Newton is legit. I I am rooting for Cam Newton right now. I I mean, the, the Patriots are suddenly in a rare position of actually being like, I, I'm sorry, but I yeah, the Patriots are finally back in a position of maybe being rootable, you know, like. I don't know. It'd be interesting if they did good, but it'd be more kind of fun if they were shitty for a second, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might be, but, you know, I don't think that, like, you know, Tom Brady is a one-of-a-kind one sort of generational player, but at this point, like, a 39-year-old Tom Brady versus, what, a 32-year-old Cam Newton, I'm not sure we lost a whole bunch at that position, you know? Oh, no, definitely not. Yeah, totally. Plus, Cam Newton has those good hats. Right. Yeah. Cam Newton's a ball of fun. I think he's... <laughs> he's a ball of fun. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ah. oh, no, no. I'm going to put a pin in this. I'm going to plug our website, and then we got to talk about the topics that we actually prepped for, because the NFL is one of them. So, uh, again, thanks to everybody who has been listening to the podcast. Sam and I did talk about Steve Cohen and the Mets. Uh, what was our other one that we talked? We talked about Ted Williams and the Red Sox. That was really interesting. So yeah, check you know, out- I wanted to interject on that one. Like, Ted, wasn't Ted Williams kind of like a super huge dick? Like, I don't think probably. So. Was he? I mean, I don't know, man. You like are a like professional baseball player in the '40s. I don't think there's a lot of room for like being a good person there. You know. Yeah, this can fit into our neat and tidy racism. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ted Williams, I'm trying to remember if it was Ted Williams who refused to give out signatures or if it was Joe DiMaggio. I think it was Ted Williams. I'm pretty sure. I don't Ted know. Uh, His head is frozen. Ted Williams? Head Ted is- Williams, has a, his head is cryogenically frozen. Because of some dispute, like some dispute amongst his children over his will. Isn't that crazy? That's badass. <laughs> what does freezing his head, what does I, that I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, that's the motherfucking... You can check that out on Reddit. Probably. I would check There's... that out on Reddit. <laughs> Ted Williams is a crazy person. Have you not seen baseball, the Ken Burns baseball? I, I, yeah, what about it? His, he's a crazy person. He's a crazy Ted Williams? Crazy, yeah. crazy person Ted Williams? I guess yeah, I, he had his head frozen. <laughs> no, but I don't think that was his thing. I think that his family did that. I think they did it because he wanted them to. 
I don't think so. I think it was a weird. Well, maybe I don't know. Anyway. Um, okay. Anyway, you... I, I would say that people who are like, you know, Michael Jordan was a is a horrible asshole. Like I feel like the people who are like the best at sports are generally not good people. You know, they, they've got that competitive. Right. Rock. Kobe Kobe Bryant's a rape was a rapist. You know, like. Right. All of this. Allegedly. Alleged. No, not allegedly. He admitted to it. Oh yeah, he was. A, he he actually filed in a civil lawsuit. Right? Yeah, they. Yeah, it was a civil lawsuit. So yeah, they dropped the criminal charges and then he like copped a plea in a civil court case. But he like he there's a quote. He's too, like, you know I mean? he's like, I thought it was consensual, but now I see how she thought that it wasn't. And like, if she thinks it's not consensual, that's rape. Like, that's just rape. You know, it's not like, oh, well, you know, I thought it was consensual, but she didn't. So that's like 50-50. You know well, what I mean? Well, I heard he's got a small wee-wee and he was trying to go up the deucer. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that's a hot take. I, didn't hear, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> Man, this is, this is uh, <laughs> dump on the ump after dark. This is dump, yeah, this is dump on the ump. This is great. Great material, ladies and gentlemen. But okay, so yeah, so Ty Cobb, asshole. Right. Uh, uh, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Super well, fun. Apparently, everybody loved him. Right, but he was like a, you know, womanizer, an adulterer, and uh, alcoholic. And I mean, at that time, everybody thought that was all really charming and fair. Now yeah. it's all like. I mean, people still people think, like, look at our president. Politics. Like, that's. People still are into that shit, you know? Teetotaloo. President's a teetotaloo. That's why he yeah. can't. Because he can't handle his liquor, probably. Yeah, he's on he's on greenies all the time, though. I gotta grab my charger. Okay. Greenies, more like it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so... Right, this, shout outs. Did you do shout-outs already? I'm, no, we're 22 minutes into the episode. <laughs> shout-outs. Shout out Providence, Rhode Island, Seattle, Washington, San Jose, California, Barcelona, Spain, Portland, Oregon, Brussels, Belgium, Lewiston, Maine, Lansdowne, Pennsylvania, Taipei, Taiwan, Chicago, Houston, Abilene. What's up, Abilene? Sky, Sky Kill Haven, Pennsylvania. Damn, uh, that sounds like an awesome town. That sounds like an awesome town. You know, it's got like a town that's like was named by the local metal band. Sky Sky Killhaven. Yeah. <laughs> but it's named like like the Dutch spelling. You know what I'm talking about? Still metal. Like kill is definitely it's a creek, right? Right. Yeah. Um yeah, we uh, all speak Dutch here, Joe. Come on. We do all speak Dutch here, it's true. Uh, special shout out to my hometown, Champaign, Illinois. Thanks for the listens. Yo, we got featured in Sports Illustrated cover story this week as the sad sack town where there's no college football and it's destroying our county economy. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was real excited about reading about it. They went to all my local bars and interviewed all the people at the local bars and how... They're sad and going out of business. So yeah, they're like, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, 
the college football thing hurts, but also there's this little guy who used to like come in here and spend all this money, and he hasn't been around much lately. So that's kind of what's really put the last nail in the coffin. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty close. Between, the, between all the Ohio State fans who are going to come in this weekend and me not going out for the last three months. Uh, that's quite yep. a joke. <laughs> anyway, shout out. Uh, we are on Apple iTunes. Rate us, review us, subscribe, tell your friends, SoundCloud, Spotify, at Twitter, at Dump on the Ump. Hey, shout out to all our new followers. Uh, you know, I'm in quarantine, so I'm on my phone like all the fucking time. Oh, arguing with San Diego Padre fans. That's what I forgot to mention. Secret rivalry between the White Sox and the Padres continues for some reason. Um, all right. All right. So we did our shout-outs. Okay. So I'm going to rearrange the headlines. Did Sam just get up and leave? Yeah, I'll be right back. Oops. <laughs> Sam, you're up. <laughs> I wanted to interject real, I wanted to interject yeah. real quick, okay. though. Uh, the White Sox and San Diego rivalry can't really happen because the Mariners and San Diego Padres already have the Vetter Cup that we fight fiercely for each year. The what cup? The Vetter Cup. What's what's Vetter? Uh, there, there's a singer for a band called Pearl Jam named Eddie Vetter. Oh, oh, nice. He claims allegiance to both San Diego and Seattle. <laughs> so we have an unofficial rivalry. And the Vetter Cup, it goes to the victor, which nice. I might add the Mariners took home this year taking two out of three in san diego sweet okay good i'm glad yeah i'm confused about people all these padre fans talking shit about the chicago white Sox online because we're not in the same league we're not in the same division we never play them there's no reason why there should be a white Sox padres rivalry and yet there is i have an explanation for you go all these Padre fans are new to being baseball fans. Oh, that's a good point. They don't know who to talk about with rivalries. They don't understand the Better Cup, obviously. <laughs> and the, the the White Sox are the kind of the nearest, like, got a bunch of cool prospects that are right. doing well. So that's, like, their first go-to. But they don't have any concept of rivalries or divisions or even time zones. So... No, it's fucking San Diego. Like, San Diego. You, you got to lead some of them in by a, a little bit. You know, you got to help these kids out, I think. Okay. Really I like it. Like I'm just, magnanimous Twitter attitude, I think. I'll just, I've just been making fun of them. But if we do have a rivalry, it should be called the James Shields Cup. We That's been discussed. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, though, what I did learn this weekend, Ted Williams, speaking of Ted Williams, is in the San Diego Padres Hall of Fame, despite never playing for the San Diego Padres. He's from San Diego. Yep, he's from, and he was a vet. It's because he was in a veteran. He was like the child of a veteran, wasn't he? Wasn't he a military brat? And like a war hero, I think. Well, that's because he went to war as a purple heart. Right? Did he get? He got a purple heart. Yeah. I think he so, yeah. But didn't he go to both World War Two and Korea? Yeah. I think it was just Korea. I think but it was. I heard you guys talk about that, and I think he went to both. He I think he went to both. Nineteen-year-old, yeah. and then went to Korea as like a forty-five-year-old. He went to to World War II in his prime, and he went to Korea as like a old dude. Threat. But that, I'm not looking at the internet, so I don't know. I'm gonna look it up in the on the internet because I think you're right. Uh, 
Thomas. Um, but he also came from a military family, hence the San Diego upbringing. Because yeah, like, he was born in he was born in San Diego, I believe. Anyway, I still thought it was funny that he's in the San Diego Padres Hall of Fame. Yeah, he was born in San Diego. Well, I mean, with the San Diego Padres, once you run out of Tony Gwynn's, you kind of have less to talk about. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we have two Hall of Famers, Tony Gwynn and Ted Williams. <laughs> Ted Williams <laughs> was active uh, military duty for portions of 1952 and 1953 to serve as a Marine combat aviator in the Korean War. Yeah, but he was also in World War II from 43 to 45. Uh, was he? Yep. He, he was in World War II and Korea. Uh, there you go. American hero. Last person to hit 400. And I'm he was... No going to hit 400 this year. Yeah, because DJ LeMahieu started sucking, right? Blackman also. And Blackman. Yeah, the Yankees lost today, by the way, so they're down to 500. I know, yeah. They, they lost good. another one. They're a half game ahead of the Orioles. Or no, one full game. All right. All right. Sam, I want to talk about Joe West. Okay. Do you want right. me to read that? Yeah. I'll read that one. Yeah, read that one. Okay. Uh, so the headline is, Joe West is a disgrace to the mask. Uh, Joe West ejected Washington Nationals GM Mike Rizzo from the game the other day for heckling from the GM box. I wouldn't take that from a player. I wouldn't take that from a manager. If it was Donald Trump, I'd eject him too, but I'd still vote for him, said West. So the question is, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck, Joe West? But what did we expect, right? right. He doesn't believe in coronavirus, but he's still trying to kick uh, the GM out of the, out of the park. Well, <clears throat> I mean, if you're talking about a, if you're talking about a, a chapter called umpires with progressive politics i think it's a pretty short chapter <laughs> that's a good point well here's the problem with joe west this is the reason i fucking hate joe west so the umpire is like you know they're dressed in dark colors they're supposed to just be kind of like an impartial ball and strike like caller and joe west like feels the need to interject himself to like influence the play of the game, which is fucked up to begin with. <clears throat> I mean, that's now what players like, do. Now he's like sounding off on like political shit when nobody's even asking him a question about it. Like, fuck that guy. Like, he needs to get the fuck out of baseball. Like, he's the reason why we need to have robot umpires is because right. he's a fucking asshole. And obviously, he can't be trusted to like make impartial choices like he can't fucking keep his mouth shut about political issues <laughs> i mean i think that ultimately it's it's going to enter into a total umbrella i mean the problem the problem is your well, this all goes into our neat and tidy art in you know right. about racism and politics <laughs> in baseball i mean if you're looking for progressives in baseball period you're not going to find them i mean carlos delgado talked about his sort of standing up against he didn't want to do the national anthem. I, I think that baseball is obviously a dinosaur of a industry, and it's based in politics and interpersonal crap that's total garbage. And by today's standards, is 
I mean, the whole concept is garbage. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 and, are, and um, people that want to be umpires are like people that want to be cops. Well, right. No, it's it's a concept. It's a mindset. So I, I think looking for any kind of objectivity out of them is ridiculous. I think the I think what I think what Brent Manfred needs to do is he needs to just say no politics in baseball. Period, and suspend Jim Joe. John West or whoever the fuck it is, you know, and say, you're, you can't talk about politics. You can't bring it into the game. I mean, the, the baseball has this nice thing where they do their little national anthem. I was thinking about it today. And like most of the players are like playing catch or stretching and then they kind of stop and do whatever, and whatever they're doing, but there's not like a, you know, aside from the playoffs, there's not a lineup on the chalk kind of national anthem that there is in other sports. So there's sort of an uh, there's a nice objectivity in there that they could probably avoid that issue if they wanted to, and they could just say no politics in anything that you're talking about, or else you're going to face a suspension. Yeah, I I like that, but it's been 20 years since 9/11, and they still play God Bless America during the seventh inning stress stretch on Sunday games. I hate I mean, that. Yeah, I mean you're not going to get you're not going to get secular baseball anytime soon. <laughs> Well, I mean, we came up with the name of this podcast six years ago, and we called it Dump on the Ump with specifically Joe West in mind. So, like, the Joe West problem has existed before the Donald Trump problem. Well, in 100%. Right. I mean, Uh, I think that that, that encompasses a lot of other umpires' names. I mean, Angel Hernandez is a a total (laughs) pile of trash, you know what I mean? Like, He's just bad at his job. Laz Diaz is like, the I biggest that, pile of garbage. I, that, like, I got Laz. I got Laz Diaz hot take, but keep going. That guy's a piece of shit. I yelled at him for like probably thirty-five innings at this point in my life, because I, I left early once. You know what I mean? Like, fuck those guys. <laughs> fuck them all. And if you ever thought their politics were going to be good, you're that's kind of on you. You know. No, I don't expect their politics to be good, but I think that like he should not like no one asked him about politics. But here's what I think. It's like that guy can't keep his fucking mouth shut. People should start asking him about politics and he'll be out of the game in fucking no time. You know what I mean? Like some reporters should just be like, hey, Joe West, how do you feel about Black Lives Matter? You know what I mean? And like he'll be done. (laughs) That'll be it for him because he won't be able to help himself. You know, that'd be good. You you might be honest. They should add. They should do all the umpires. Right. He'd be like, well, you know, all lives matter. And coronavirus is a hoax. And, you know, anti-fascism is the biggest threat to America right now because yep. they're so anti-American. That's a terrible, and terrible. black people are terrible, you know? Like, that's what he's going to say. And the world's flat. Well, yeah, I mean, and the world's flat. It's a flat rectangle. But it's not that goddamn poll. Like, he's going to say a bunch of crap, like, I vote for Donald Trump and I think coronavirus is a hoax. And the baseball is going to be like, oh. Or, well, I don't know, and some people are gonna be like, "Yeah, that stuff sounds kind of reasonable to me." And like, and like, what the fuck are you gonna do? Like, we're sitting here going, "Yeah, these people are total piles of trash," but I still rely on them to, you know, create this baseball game that I want to watch. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm pick. I'm not trying to like. I just think I, I, I agree with you that Joe West is a piece of shit. I just think that the fault is really on us for expecting anything different. I think the fault is on Donald Trump for encouraging someone like Joe West to feel comfortable enough to say something like that. So Trump is also giving, I believe it's the Presidential Medal of Freedom to Lou fucking Holtz, the former coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who also spoke at the Republican National Convention this year. Like, 
Trump is creating, Trump, who himself is a reality TV star, is creating this culture where a piece of shit like Joe West, if he gets fired from Major League Baseball for, you know, saying inappropriate things about politics or race, he's got a job waiting for him on Fox News. Or in the goddamn administration as the Secretary of Education for some stupid (laughs) reason. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean... And I mean, new director of HUD, Joe West. (laughs) (laughs) Department of Industry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, fuck Joe West. What he did eject the guy. Okay, here's the other thing. Since we're already doing our neat and tidy uh, 36. Stop. I think we got to just stop. Okay. Um, Oh, Laz Diaz, though. Here's my Laz Diaz hot take. So you know how this season, the umpire, like, crews are traveling with the teams, so you get the same umpires over and over again? Right. I didn't know exactly how it worked, but sure. Laz Diaz is assigned to the White Sox, so, like, almost every White Sox game, has Laz Diaz has been one of the umpires. He's been behind home plate a ton. The Chicago White Sox owe that man a Coca-Cola classic (laughs) after this season. I've watched a lot of White Sox baseball lately, and very many times I'm like, ooh, that was definitely not a strike. But thanks, Laz Diaz. We'll take it. I mean, maybe the White Sox found, like, the key to his heart and, like, are slipping him a nice ice-cold Coca-Cola before every game. I think so. So many calls have gone away, and like, and and the and the White Sox announcers are hilarious about it. Also, they're like, "Oh, that was that was not a good call, but we'll take it." Okay, thanks, Laz. Hey, Joel. While we're talking about White Sox, which I know you hate to do, but right. the the other the other piece of little tid, tidbit I picked up from the White Sox this year is. Uh, li- Louis Robert, how do you, Louis Robert? Louis Robert, I had to ask. Yeah, uh, Louis Robert. The, his, his defense and the spanning the, the left to right and taking balls from the left yes. and right fielder, and then Eloy Jimenez's response. <laughs> yes, or, yes. It's like, um, it's, it's reached into like the deepest part of my favorite things about baseball. I got it. <laughs> so much fun to watch. That look, yeah, the look that he gave him when Robert came all the way into left field to grab that. And I didn't see the play he made on the other side. He made another play in right field where he completely, like, it was like a standard fly ball, maybe a deep fly ball to right field. He took, like, two steps to his right. I don't know who's playing right field. And all of a sudden, here comes Robert, like, and flying through there and just takes the fly ball from him. And it's just, like, it's not as funny as the one where, the second one that he did to Eloy. But it was just, like, what the fuck is that guy doing? And he's, like, kind of like, huh? 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 It's just, like, the only guy that knew how to play baseball in all of his teams growing up. Right. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly it. He has gotten used to, he has to catch every fly ball because you can't trust these like other Cuban little leaguers or whoever you're playing with who are, you know, half your size. No, that's it. And that's a funny part about like baseball, like the baseball in Cuba specifically, (laughs) the disparity of talent levels probably that they are encounter because it's a with really good baseball players on it. So, like, the rest of the population is pretty shitty at baseball, probably. 
so they have like this. I don't know. It, it, it's charming as hell, and I really enjoyed it. And I thought I would, you know, relish you with some White Sox time. It's it's awesome. I mean, he's making a run for Rookie of the Year. If you guys didn't have that guy in Seattle, he'd be a shoe in right now. Yeah, if we didn't have that guy in Seattle, I'd be rooting for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, the White Sox are in third place, and they're not going anywhere for a long time, whether they this year turns into anything good. I, I, you should be stoked, man. It's a fun time right now for you guys. Right. The, the, the problem is our other two outfielders, Nomo Mazzara and Eloy, are probably below average outfielders. So, like, Robert's not, Robert's not wrong that he kind of has to get every fly ball. Eloy, who I love has more than once gotten caught in the net. You know, the nets that they put up to protect the fans who are not there from line drives. Sure. Eloy has twice missed a routine fly ball by getting caught in that net. (laughs) I hadn't seen that, but that's fun. Uh, So there's some issues out there. But yeah, no, it's lots of fun. it's It's good times. I'm looking at the standings right now. And the Yankees are ahead of, they're one or one and a half games ahead of Baltimore, Seattle, and Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah. The back end of the AL playoffs could be really interesting. It's it's like, well, actually, it's not really that close. No, I guess Houston and the Yankees are all pretty, are are both close to missing the playoffs. Yeah. If Seattle, Detroit, and Baltimore, what is it? A game right now, right? The Yankees are up one game. On Baltimore on, and one, on and one Seattle and Detroit. Yeah. So it, it, it's close. We just need the Yankees to keep sucking. That would be well, awesome. I mean, I feel like they have a pretty gnarly schedule going through it. Like, they have to play, you know, Tampa Bay they have, and, 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 and uh, Toronto. Oh, they so we, that was the other thing we were going to talk about was the Toronto comeback the other night. It was fun. Oh yeah, you should talk about that. Hold on, I had one. Oh, I had, I've got a question for you guys because, I, I and a shout out to Kevin who I was talking to trying to figure this out. What are the tiebreaker rules for the playoff seedings this year? Do you guys know? Because it's very possible that like the Yankees and the Mariners or the Yankees and the Orioles could be tied for the last spot in the AL playoffs on the last. Day of the season, do they have to play a one-game playoff, or do they go to tiebreakers? They no go idea. to they go to tiebreakers for right. sure. I so they're not they're, they're not they're not division. Go ahead. Actually, I, I I started talking and then realized that I said for sure, and I have absolutely no. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. I. Th- because in a normal season, if you tie with another team and it's for the last playoff spot, right, you play a one-game playoff regardless of tiebreakers. If it's just for seeding, if it's just like the two-seed versus the three-seed or the three-seed versus the four-seed, you don't play another game. But if it's the difference between going to the playoffs and not going to the playoffs, they make you play another game. Yeah. And I was wondering if that rule still holds. I People on Twitter were saying it doesn't hold, but I haven't found confirmation of that. Because that would fucking suck to play a one game, do or die, and then turn around and have to play a three game 
a best of three series against the best team in the league. But I think that that's what's going to. I think that's what's going to happen. Unless I think I think you're right. I think what I would assume, and this is just an assumption, sure, is that the the seeding would be through a series of statistical, like head, yeah. you know, head, head to head, head first, and then uh, and then divi- interdivision, and then you know, like some sort of preset kind of thing but for uh, some playoffs yeah i think that that would be uh, there's potential for that what I, what i don't think is even thought about is the fact that what if it's a three-team tie right. yeah that's definitely possible to have some kind of like round robin between the orioles mariners and yankees for the last playoff spot and that's the other thing that is crazy about this year is you know Seattle and the Yankees could be in a in a run for the last playoff spot and they're two teams who never play each other yeah well I mean yeah that's that's uh yeah that's that's a possibility yeah uh you were watching okay so Yankees Blue Jays Bottom of the the Buffalo Blue Jays, New York's only baseball team. Right. The only team in New York. Right. Uh, Bottom of the six, I think the Yankees were up six to two. They were. They were. Okay. Take us through this inning because I was watching it on, like, watching the updates on my phone and laughing hysterically, but I wasn't watching it live. Chad Green was the in, in from the bullpen. He. There was like, like, yeah, I can't, I can't really remember the, the progression, but it was like one hit that was kind of a dribbler and two walks, and he loaded the bases, and then walked in a run, and then Adebino came in and gave up a ringing single, and then a pass ball, and then walked somebody, and then a double or something. I, I, my, 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 my recollection of the whole thing is not you know, note for note, but the whole point was that the guys, they, they were walking tons of people, and yeah. they were playing garbage defense. Luke Voigt kicked a couple of balls at first base, and it was kind of like this this sort of obvious the Yankees are missing in fundamentals. The, their pitchers are walking people, and they're playing lousy defense, and all of a sudden, these baseball, I, I've been noticing across baseball, like, the A's were kicking the ball around the other day, and the A's have been playing kind of lousy team defense this year. And there's all of a sudden sort of like these, you know, like the A's are still in the top. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see, I think, because I think that in this sort of shortened season, sort of strange spring training, I bet a lot of fundamental stuff fell by the wayside. And I bet a lot of these guys are kind of, you're seeing kind of pitchers miss the take on getting to the bag in time. You're missing sort of like yeah. strange fielding errors. And it's interesting to see, I'm curious to see in the playoffs if how that's going to pan out and whether like fundamental teams kind of, teams that you sort of trust is sort of like I mean I, I could see the Indians playing kind of and the Twins kind of playing sort of solid fundamentals and you know and, and, the, and then the Braves and like the Cardinals playing solid fundamental baseball in the, in the now you know what I mean like and watching kind of these teams kind of come out of nowhere and but play good defense and maybe surprise some people it could be interesting yeah I think I mean I think the big thing is it's going to be pitching I mean, once you get to the playoffs and you shorten up that rotation, if you've got, you know, three good pitchers and I don't know. I mean, how much are you going to depend on your bullpen 
in a three-game series. I mean, two two good, two solid starters is going to get you through the first round. Right. And that first round is going to be such a crapshoot. You know, I, I'm still waiting for Colorado and the Giants to upset the Dodgers in the first round. You know, something stupid like that. But, Dod- well, and it's possible. Like, the Rockies have a couple of solid starters. Like, if they get something good out of Sensatella and they get a... Can't remember who their other guy is. They they got a couple. You know what I mean? Like teams with a couple of good starters. Like the Cardinals could throw. Carlos Martinez might be back, and Adam Wainwright is suddenly like throwing like he's twenty nine instead of thirty nine or whatever. And <laughs> you know, of course, the Cardinals have could have some stupid storyline like that. Like a couple of good back to back starts, and all of a sudden the team goes through. Whereas a team like the Padres, it's like Chris Paddock. You know who's going to start their who's going to start those two games for them. That's a good point. They gotta have someone. Did you watch the Padres walk off the Rockies one to nothing? No, was that the game? But you know, I was just going to mention Zach Davies is now pitching for San Diego, and he's kind of an unheralded guy. He was really good in Kansas City for a while, and he was really good for them the other day. And I'm not sure what game you're talking about, but I don't know if he was pitching that. It was just I was shocked because one nothing walk off is a pretty yeah one nothing walk off between the Rockies and the Padres. In Not San Diego. Colorado. What? It wasn't in Colorado, no. It was, no. It was at sea level. Well, Petco is a notoriously hard place to hit, they say. Literally on a naval base, and the Navy is there, and they shoot at you when you hit a double. One time, uh, I, don't, I don't remember what game it was or who was hitting, but it was, somebody hit a, oh, I was sitting in the third baseline, and somebody hit a moonshot to left field, and it looked like it was gone, but it was like a cold winter night, and it was a pretty empty stadium, and I yelled, uh, Marine Layer, like super <laughs> loud. And I was watching the pre, that watching the rebroadcast on route, like because I always get drunk at the baseball game, and then go home and watch the rebroadcast and see if I could hear myself on the TV. But I, Dave Sims totally laughed. He like stopped his call in the middle and completely laughed at my Marine Layer about, like heckle. Oh man, going to baseball games on like a Tuesday when nobody else is there for five dollars—that would be fun. This will be the first year in at least 20 years that I haven't gone to a baseball game. Yeah, nobody's gone to a baseball game, Thomas. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just happy people are still heckling Joe West. That's true. (laughs) Even without fans, people... Even without fans, at least he's hearing it. What a dick that guy is. If he'd kicked that guy out and not said the political thing, I'd be on his side. Not me. I don't know. Why do you... Yeah, Joe fucking West. We got about 10 minutes, about 50 minutes, and I'm just going to let it go. But do we want to talk about football? We had on the docket talking about football. Hold on. Is that coming through? Yeah, I hear you. Because the NFL season is starting. College football started. Brigham Young versus Navy for some dumb reason. Wait, did, did, didn't a bunch, like all the big conferences canceled their seasons, right? The Pac-12 and the Big Ten canceled their seasons. The other three are still going on despite the body, you know, what, regardless of the body count. Uh, but they're delaying it. So the SEC is not going to start till the end of September. ACC is oh. going to start. Big 12 is going to start. I kind of was having a laugh at, like, they were trying to push, like, some 
ABC. Watch college football on ABC as it's Louisiana Technical <laughs> Institute versus Southwest Missouri State Louisiana <laughs> United Division. Exactly. That's exactly it. Uh, I think we were watching uh, Texas San Antonio playing. Uh, Southern Mississippi, you know, Conference USA in the Sun Belt. Ah. I mean, I miss it. You know, I love college football, even though it's really the worst American sport when you think about it. I, I hate football. Aside from aside from fantasy football, I'm no football. Maybe just as a response to what I feel like it's this world is becoming. Right. Right. I uh, <clears throat> I had a, my surprise fantasy football draft on Monday, <laughs> and it was Wait, a surprise because like, I, you forgot, I about forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I don't I'm, I don't have high hopes for my team this year, but I won last year. So I, I have to say that I've won a couple of fantasy football, blah blah blah. Oh, humble brag, but m- most of my successful baseball fantasy teams, ha- I I just think are auto draft. Right. Don't pick a, I'm not going to pick Alex Rodriguez. No fucking way. Like, he's the first player. He's, like, by far the best player available. You idiot. Pick him. Like, no way. I don't want him on my team. Like, right. dude, every round. Every round. Like, no, I don't I don't think I want Starling Marte. I think that uh, fantasy baseball, the draft is much less important than fantasy football. Like, oh, you, can't, you can't cobble together a fantasy football team throughout the season. It's like you have to draft well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Whereas baseball, you usually have enough time to just pick guys up and guys baseball, go on. Like, There's you a lot manage of manage a fantasy baseball team. Oh, like you can't sure. really manage a fantasy football team. No. You just like, fantasy, whoever just, says differently is fucking full of shit. Like you can't like if you don't draft well, then there's no way that you can win. But I will say that there is a there's a lot of research that goes into drafting well in football because it changes so fucking quickly. Like Saquon Barkley is not going to be the number one. You know what I mean? Like, there's like the number one pick year to year is like the disparity is crazy and the drop off is huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you well, I mean, to- I I won last season my fantasy football league and I picked first and I picked Christian McCaffrey and he won every single week for me. You know what I mean? Like he scored what? like forty five points a week. But what was he projected? What was his average draft position, for example? Two. Yeah, so I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a who, who was number one? I forget the guy from the Giants, Barkley, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, you know, you picked one versus the other and you picked the right one because I think Barkley had like a garbage season, maybe, or he got yeah, hurt. Well, it's like, got hurt. I mean, yeah, the point, being, the point being that, yeah, no, you, you chose right in a in a limited, yeah, no, no, I mean, that's it. Like, I picked. I don't know. You pick you pick the one of the right guys in your draft, and all of a sudden you do really well. But I think I think my point being that the number one running back changes from year to year so quickly that you really kind of have to keep up on it. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say is it's the the curse of being an NFL running back where you go from your third season and you're the hot shit and the greatest player in the league, and then suddenly the next season like you get cut because your body betrays you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, also, that's kind of where I go with why I kind of hate football, because it's just like it's it's like attrition. And it's like the sort of this. Gla- I mean, this whole gladiator thing, I think, is just kind of like 
gross in the sort of like human appeal of watching people just be beat to shit and destroyed by for our entertainment you know what i mean and it's sports are weird right well and then there's also the additional problem that we fund public universities with blood sports right oh yeah that's gnarly yeah Anyway, but but champagne was featured in that Sports Illustrated article. Pick up that Sports Illustrated. Did you hear my joke there about the kids with the lemonade stand? No. What? What? Must have cut out. I didn't want to make the same joke twice because that's the rule they tell you about jokes. But you were talking about how they like your college sports are like the 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 uh, the local economy has gone to shit. But then I was like, wasn't one of us? Sh- I shared an article with like these two kids that were. Or, got robbed selling lemonade oh, yeah. and the whole community came to through and like gave them a bunch of money or something like that. So, so we should have all the college football players sell lemonade. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a bad idea. Not the technically not the worst idea. <laughs> <laughs> Car wash. Car wash. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. You know, Put on your mask, put on your gloves, come get your car washed by like Suck a, it up, meat. A six foot eight, three hundred pound defensive end. There you go. Yeah. They gotta sell those jerseys somehow. Right. Right. Our coach is Lubby Smith, who if you remember was the coach of the Chicago Bears in like the arts. Lubby Smith is the coach of the fight in the line, eh? Yeah. Ugh. Wow, weird. <laughs> he's got like a massive. He's actually very well loved in the community, even though they're still not a good football team. And uh, I've talked to friends who have met him, and he's super nice. He has the best teeth, the shiniest teeth that my friend has ever seen in his life. Huh? Yeah. Lovey Smith. He also has a big old Santa Claus beard. Oh, nice. He yeah. let it go. He, def- he definitely let it go. He's got like a super long-term contract that's very lucrative, and there's no way Illinois can fire him. So he's What's living a good life. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, you know, this hopefully will make college, like universities take a long look at themselves, you know? Right. I think it will. <clears throat> I'm sure that most institutions are going to really take a long look at themselves. Because, like, the thing is, is, like, you know, they're going to have to start paying these kids at some point, and then that their whole model falls apart. So, like, right. they got to get ahead of that shit, you know? Right. I agree with that. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. Maybe not all at once, but but they've got to figure out, you know... Are you if you're making revenue, which you are off of these student athletes, you need to compensate them because they are technically employees at that point. Right. And they also it's like, well, we're in exchange for an education, but these kids aren't getting an education either. You know what I mean? Like right. it's not like it's not like they go to classes. Right. Well, some of them do, but a lot of them don't. And and my whole thing, um, we gotta wrap up, but my whole thing is if you're not paying your student your student athletes, then you can't profit. Nobody should be allowed to profit off of them if you're not paying them. So when I'm in charge, when I've got Joe West's job as Secretary of Education, 
I'm banning ESPN from broadcasting college football games. Only C-SPAN and PBS will be allowed to broadcast college football games. I love it. Right. Fucking genius. Right, and the announcers will be like the like fresh air ladies. Right. They'll, they'll just get like you know BBC golf announcers. No, no. The real question, Joel, is that who do we have to get elected president to make you secretary of education? Oh, that's a good question. Not love, con- love you, me, Sam, <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. No, me and Sam will run on the ticket, and we'll have our fantasy football team decide who's the president and who's vice president. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> and, and then get figure out how to get people to vote for it. Right. I think we could. Well, Kanye's his campaign is kind of crashing and burning, uh, so maybe not that. Uh, but, you know. Fizzle is the word you're looking for. Fizzle, yeah. Yaz Diaz could be, you know, head of Homeland Security. That motherfucker is going down. <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of the presidential pardon is, but he's getting <laughs> the presidential curse. Yeah, the presidential sentence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. W- one thing you, I sent Sam. I sent you this text a couple days ago in the group text. Wrapping it up, I want to talk about. Did anybody Google? One of you Google before we sign off, because we got to sign off. Uh, somebody Google Ted Williams' frozen head. I want to know about that. Uh-oh. And I had a whole theory. You know, on last week's episode, Sam and I were talking about legacies and what if Ted, you know, Ted Williams be Mookie Betts. And, uh, you know, what if the Red Sox had, had traded Ted Williams in the 40s and, and he wouldn't have been a great career? I know. I listened to the whole thing. Great. Um, so I was thinking about it. If Ed Williams had gone to the Dodgers in the 40s, they would have been the Brooklyn Dodgers. They would have gotten Jackie Robinson in 1947. They would have simultaneously had AL MVP Ted Williams and NL MVP Jackie Robinson. They could have built a dynasty in Brooklyn not move to L.A. because they would be the beloved Brooklyn Dodgers. And then a young Bernie Sanders would not grow up to go into politics because the only reason that guy joined politics is because he wants the Dodgers back in Brooklyn. Changes American history. That's my hot take. I love it. Right. Meanwhile, Ted Williams. Honestly, I love Bernie Sanders, but I'm not sure American history would be changed too much if he never got into politics. Right. <laughs> he would just be like... Honestly. A, do, you have, do you have like a bell for internet trolls anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> like a, like a, be like a professor <laughs> at SUNY Stony Brook or something like that. That's <laughs> a city college oh, of... Oh man, we're going straight to hell. This is, we're going to go to like the internet dergs. <laughs> They're going to destroy us. They're burn us alive. Because we're talking smack about Bernie Sanders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Sam, what's the city college in Brooklyn? Cooney. Cooney, yeah. <laughs> Professor Bernie Sanders, he would really be bad at Zoom meetings. Oh, he'd be so, he'd be like, oh, God, God, God. He'd wear weird letters. <laughs> All right.
awesome. All right. Also, I mean, fair. I don't. I think Brooklyn Dodgers probably would have still left Brooklyn to go to L.A. because I think that was kind of that. Yeah. Anyway. What year was it? Was it 60? Was that 59 or 60? Do you guys know what year that was? I think it was 19. I don't know. It was right around there. We should know that. And they had the big stadium. I don't know. That's the whole thing. Um, oh, that's not what I thought would happen. That's why we talk about the Mets so much. 1958. 58. 1958. Hmm. Cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks so much for listening. This has been Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. We talked, talked about baseball this time. It's easy. Now, we're going to have to figure out what the hell we're going to do in November. I don't know. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad, you guys. Uh, I mean, do they have internet in Europe? We're not allowed in Europe, right? Because of the coronavirus. We're like the unclean Americans. Oh, shit. We can't we're even. We're not allowed anywhere. We can't yeah. even leave. Uh, you're, we're allowed. You can go to Croatia if you get quarantined for two weeks. Um, and I only know that because Magic Johnson was posting pictures about his vacation in Croatia. Okay, you ready for this? Yep. Though his will stated his desire to be cremated and his ashes scattered in the Florida Keys, William's son, John Henry, and younger daughter, Claudia, chose to have his remains frozen cryogenically. Todd's elder daughter, Bobby Jo Farrell, brought a suit to have her father's wishes recognized. John Henry's lawyer then produced an informal family pact signed by Ted, Claudia, and John Henry, in which they agreed to be put into biostasis after we die, to be able to be together in the future, even if it is only a chance. That's so the kids that are crazy, not him. Right. right. Bobby Joe and her attorney, uh, Spike Fitzpatrick, former attorney of Ted Williams, contended that the family pact, which was scribbled on an ink-stained napkin and was forged <laughs> by John Henry and or Claudia, Fitzpatrick and Farrell believe that the signature was not obtained legally. Laboratory analysis proved that the signature was genuine. John Henry said that his father was a believer in science and was willing to try cryogenics that held any possibility of reuniting the family. Yeah. Wow. So, he's wrong. All great. Furthermore, the cryogenics lab froze him in two pieces. Uh, his body and his head are frozen um, separately. And just yeah. recently, the um, just recently, Sports Illustrated, Illustrated reported that many, several samples of his DNA are missing. Whoa! So they're. Ted Williams clones. Somebody's making Ted Williams clones. Right. It's probably, you know, I don't know who it is. It's probably like the same people who are raising a bunch of baby Hitlers down in South America. Wait, was, was one of his kids named John Henry? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we're onto something here. True Detective, Dump on the Up, season three. Uh, who owns the Red Sox? A different John Henry. <laughs> yeah, different John Henry. Is it? Right. Is John Henry, the Boston Red Sox owner, secretly 
a Hitler slash Ted Williams clone sent from his John Henry from the future. Oh man, <laughs> this shit is writing itself. <laughs> uh, Dan, the pilot's light sucks. Okay, the head is stored in a steel can filled with liquid nitrogen. It has been shaved, drilled with holes, and accidentally cracked ten times. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. William's body stands upright in a nine-foot-tall cylindrical steel tank, also filled with liquid nitrogen. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> the procedure approved by William's son, John Henry, and daughter, Claudia, carries a $136,000 bill. Alcor, the company that did the procedure, claims it is still owed $111,000. <laughs> Wait, when did Ted Williams die? 2002. Okay. I knew there was something going on with that. <laughs> wow. Huh. Well, there you go. Now you <laughs> know something you did not know before this podcast. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Joel for uh, Thomas and Sam. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, be sure to check us out on Apple iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. Tweet at us at Dump on the Ump. Check us out on Facebook at Dump on the Ump. We will see you next time. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Inspector Dex on the 